Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Are you a dude? Uh, I am a dude. I'm a dude. Yeah, are we all dudes? Hey. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I would do the Californian accent that Ed has, but I don't want to hurt my throat right now. Mm-hmm. Because that is deep, deep in the throat that he is doing that voice. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that's what's aged him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was actually gonna say he, he he's aged pretty damn well, but maybe maybe. Well, not as well as Keenan because Keenan got that money, and <laughs> it's true. a f- damn shame. Let me tell you. What are we talking about? If people are tuning in and they didn't read the description of this episode, they're like, "Huh?" Because we kind of just went right into it. We're talking about Good Burger. That was like the closest I'm gonna get tonight to mm-hmm. doing that. We're talking about the movie that was actually a spinoff of the Nickelodeon television show, all that. Mm-hmm. And all these years later, 15 years later, actually, Paramount Plus has released a sequel, Good Burger 2. Yeah. And it's really one of those questions. It's like, who, who is this for? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about why it happened, but let's just, let's just Go for it. We're sans Eddie today, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Eddie is uh, with one of the dogs. We, well, I'll explain once the show starts. Okay. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About... On originality. So, where is Eddie? Please explain. Yeah, so our dogs have been fighting and their fights have been getting vicious. So, until we get them to be in a room together, we just have to keep them separate for the last entirety of the week. So they can just cool off with each other. Basically, the young one has reached maturity and just wants to be the alpha of the house. And the older one has just been like, oh no, I've had enough of this. So, they just like, they look at each other for like, a moment and they are ready to kill each other. Wow. Which is so crazy because, just... like, they're pugs, right? So it's just like these uh-huh. fights look almost comical. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they can't get hurt. So we've been keeping them separate for the time being. And, like, how quickly do they, like, lose their breaths? Uh, no, Cause... that's the thing. Like, Nico oh, wow. is in pretty good health and so is Kai. Kai's skinny. So, like, it could be a while, right? Damn. Yeah. So we've had, we've had, we just had to keep them separate. Uh, for the time being. So any dog uh, trainers or anyone with insights, by all means, please slide it to my DMs and let me know uh, what I could do because I'm at my wit's end, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot. Like, that's always the question. That That's typical with cats. What happens when, like, two cats, you know, they're territorial and they just don't want to live in the same space as each other. After a while, they have to just learn to live together because right. that's their life. But it's like this slow process. You have to keep them in separate rooms and you have to like slowly let them see each other, put their food bowls next to each other, this whole thing. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it's sorry. It's just annoying. But regardless, we're here. We also have some other announcements. Yeah, um, like... Like, uh, we're going to be only releasing this podcast every other week going forward, mostly because of our busy schedules and also to give ourselves time to actually devote more time to what we're watching. Yes, yes. Um, I think that overall, you've noticed that we've probably just been missing a couple of weeks here and there, and it's just really, really busy. It's not a couple and- of weeks. It's been like once every three weeks or something. That's it's still if you add it up, it's enough. And we just decided it was the best thing to do. And for us to just be, you know, more on top of our own schedules and content for you guys. We'll probably also move the date since it's going to be every two weeks out of Friday back to like Wednesday or something. So we'll be more on top of, you know, newer stuff, depending yeah. on the week that it gets released. Depend- yeah. So it's going to be the I think the moving of the date will begin in January. But for now, 
we're going right into every other week. Here we go. All right, cool. Well, and for now, we're going right into today's topic, which, like we said before, is Good Burger and all that. Were you a Nickelodeon kid? We've talked about this before, but I can't remember. No, I, I liked. I watched Nickelodeon. I wasn't. Uh, I was more of a Disney Channel kid, but yeah, Nickelodeon yeah. did have a good run at a certain point, like during Snick. Like then, I was all into Nickelodeon. Yeah, I feel like millennials, particularly those who like were you know single digits in the 90s and grew up on 90s television you either nickelodeon kid or disney channel kid mm-hmm. i never watched disney channel ever never um, never oh bro i was yeah i think i've talked about in the podcast like even stevens lizzie mcguire nope nope wow yep but i watched everything nickelodeon like i know the obscure stuff with nickelodeon so i was pretty di- to me nickelodeon was the only channel like those other the... channels oh not even cartoon network occasionally but not really i didn't yeah. watch like powerpuff girls or dexter's lab oh or... i loved powerpuff girls dexter's lab and uh i didn't like cow and chicken that much but mm. it would pass the time johnny bravo i saw maybe like a, a johnny little bit, bravo yeah 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 Ed, Ed and eddie i knew of it but i did not watch it i can't I was believe this strictly but i watched <laughs> i watched like hey arnold i watched cat dog i watched mm. angry beavers i watched what was that show? Action League Now. I that, love no, Action League. Well, that was like from Kablam. Kablam. There we go. Thank you. Kablam. Mm. I did. I love that stuff. <laughs> I watched. Oh, gosh. I actually watched Arthur because I was such a fan of the kid book. So that's like my only not Nickelodeon program that yeah, I that watched was a lot. PBS. That was PBS. Yeah. yeah. I, lo- I really liked Arthur. I liked I liked Arthur, too. Uh, I watched Doug. Pretty, okay. pretty big into Doug. Did you care for Doug when it went into Disney? Nope, like I stopped watching it. As far as I know, it just ceased to exist. I don't know. I think it's better. I I'm, so. I'm in the minority on that one, but it's a molehill yeah. I'll die on. <laughs> and of course, I watched all that. I really, really loved all that. I thought Me it was too. So much fun. I thought it was the coolest show. And I watched all the spinoffs of it, which were Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel. Which were, um, I think, didn't like Amanda have her own show? Yeah, the Amanda Bynes show. The Amanda Bynes show. Oh, I didn't maybe watch just that call it the Amanda so show. Much. Yeah, it was like a skit show. So I remember when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Do you? I Did do. Did you see it in theaters? Mm, I don't think I saw this in theaters. Oh, I remember I saw this in theaters. Yeah, no. The only Nickelodeon movie that I remember seeing in theaters was Harriet the Spy. I saw that. And the Rugrats movie. I saw that too, and I again Rugrats, big Rugrats fan. Oh yeah, another show that I watched that was a Nickelodeon was Power Rangers. That wasn't um, Nickelodeon. That's what I said. Another show. Oh, I watched that oh, that was Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah, uh, I specifically remember seeing this movie in theaters, and I remember really, really liking it. And I think I even watched it a lot on VHS. I remember seeing it a lot on VHS. I remember also yeah. not liking it. <laughs> i don't know something about all that just like had appealed to me but i think it was like only for a little bit and then i kind of quickly outgrew it maybe by 1998 i was over it how many how many years was that well it came out in 1997 so probably by the very next year that's only one year i mean yeah like everything feels like so long to us as kids but like if you look at if you look back it was only like a year, two years and stuff where like Nickelodeon had its peak, right? Are You Afraid of the Dark was also part of Snick. Yes. And we've covered a bunch of these. We already. actually have. Yeah. Like as we're mentioning these, like, you know, uh, Rugrats, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And now yeah. here we are. Uh, Keenan Cut. We never did all that, which did get revived. We didn't. Um, and I guess. So this is where we could talk about that. A little bit. I, I haven't seen the revival, although I've seen ads for the revival and it looks interesting. Okay. It's hard for me because part of the reason why I liked all that so much was the original cast. Yeah, the original cast was great. So, and I remember so many of those characters. Do you remember like some of the skits and characters other than Good Burger? Pizza Face. I remember Pizza Face. Repair I remember Super man. Dude. Repair Man, 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 man. Yeah. Um, Super Dude. I don't remember Super Dude. That was Keenan's thing where he was like, oh, Pizza he was Face like a super, was a villain of Super Dude, actually. Uh. No, I thought Pizza Face was a good guy. I think Pizza Face was a villain of Super Dude. I thought Pizza Face was like this teenager who had a literal pizza face. He was like his own protagonist. 
he might have gotten he might have spin off from super dude i for some reason remember him in there interesting um prs cargo oh yeah those are a good one uh the librarian skits the librarian skits the yeah librarian skits were so good they were those were my favorite and my vital information vital information yeah with laura beth Demby. let me tell you all right here we go i'm just gonna go on probably lots of rants here Lori Beth Denberg needed a better agent because this girl, this young girl, had so much talent. Mm-hmm. And you know what it was? It might have been like a body shaming thing because she was a, a, a she was a bigger lady, right? And I feel like she would have had more success, obviously, if like her career had started a decade later, where we were way more accepting of body positivity. But let me tell you, this uh, her like I've rewatched some of the old all that and like she's good she's so talented she was so talented i always had this dream that i would write a show called it needs to star laurie beth denberg and it was gonna be the first season gonna be like these like writers who were really trying to pitch a show and they eventually get a green lit but they don't have laurie beth denberg so like the first season would be them trying to actually get laurie beth denberg and then season two if we could convince laurie beth denberg she'd be like a regular and i want her to be like a danny devito-esque type character from like always sunny (laughs) Okay, you should totally. Uh, you have all these ideas. <laughs> I mean, it's the most randomest person to have it with, but that's pretty good. I know, right? She was. Bad. She would be yeah. so good playing like a uh, Danny DeVito esque character. Yeah, I feel like some of the people in the original, all of that, like visually, some of their faces stick out. But the true stars were Laurie Beth, and then. Keenan and Kel, just because of their relationship, and I guess mm-hmm. the TV show that followed. Can you name anyone else from all that? I don't that? know. Amanda Bynes. Other than Amanda Bynes. She was an original idol. She wasn't. Think, I think she started like a year or two after, because she was, she was so young. Yeah, she was. And Nick Cannon started way after, too, but he got his break there. I, Yeah, I think I might have stopped watching by the time Nick Cannon was on. Me, too. Uh, anyone? Danny Tamborelli, I think, was wasn't he also in all that, or no? I think he might have been. Is that the guy from Pete and Pete? Yeah. I think he was there the first season. Hmm. I think. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. There was the skinny white guy. Skinny white guy that played Detective Dan in Repairman. Yes. Okay. He was... I don't remember his name. Rick? I feel like it was Rick. I thought it was Josh or something. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe it was Josh. See, that's that's unfortunately the problem. He's actually in Good Burger, so we he can is. look it up we right now. He's Good Burger. Um, let's see. Do you remember his character's name? No. Josh Server. Yep. Josh, okay. Yeah. Josh Server. Ah, The Secret World of Alex Mack. I also watched that. Oh, I never cared for that show. Did you watch the game shows like Figure It Out or Double Dare? Yes. Or uh, uh, the. Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends which of the Hidden Temple. Which was yeah. supposed to get a remake. I don't know if it ever came out, but it, they were doing it for adults. Mm. Right? So it was supposed to be like people our age competing in Legends of the Hidden Temple. <sighs> I they wanted should, to. They sh- oh my God. They that should. Great. Missed yeah. opportunity. I would totally like compete in that. You know what? That damn mall that's taking up all that space <laughs> should be. Should have American like. American Dream. It should. Yeah, it should have a Legends of the Hidden Temple like course. It should. Ooh, that would be actually fun. Yeah, let me tell you. The money I would make if I were running Paramount Plus or Viacom's like Nickelodeon division. Yeah, because Nickelodeon has a, a theme park, essentially, at this American Dream Mall. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all that was just such a huge part of millennium culture growing up in the 90s. And Nickelodeon was really at the, the height of their popularity before SpongeBob, because uh, SpongeBob kind of changed everything and then became their major cash cow that they were able to make a movie out of this one skit from All That, which was Good Burger. Mm-hmm. And the two breakout stars from All That, like we said, because they got their own sitcom afterwards, were Kel Mitchell and Keenan Thompson. Now, you probably know Keenan Thompson, dear listener, because he is the longest-running cast member on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. currently. Yep. Um, maybe you know Kel Mitchell, maybe you don't, but at one time they were comedic partners. What happened to Kel Mitchell? Do we know? Did he just like give it up or did he also have a poor agent? I have no idea. That is the true million dollar mystery between me and my friends because everyone, when I was in college, somehow, you know how you get high and you just have like these deep conversations? One of the common complaints that would show up for us for some reason would be, why is Keenan... Uh, why are Keenan and Kel not really famous anymore? 
And then yeah. eventually when Keenan came to Saturday Night Live, the question was just like, whoa, why is Keenan the one on Saturday Night Live? Because what a travesty. I- well. Oh, mm-hmm. go, go, go. What are you going to say? Kel's been a working actor, but he just has, has done like smaller gigs yeah, and he maybe. just didn't have that breakthrough that that Keenan had, which was Saturday Night Live. Because before Saturday Night Live, what do we know Keenan from? I, I don't know. Exactly. Like he just he got <laughs> lucky. And like you said, he's been holding on to that gig for his dear life. He did. So we I said that off the air, but I'll say it right now. I look, you know how sometimes you have like these random beef with like actors that's all in your head? I have a lot of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keenan Thompson is of one them. of them. Uh-huh. Like I have like this like un known source of like just disdain for this guy for some reason. And maybe it's because I feel like the only reason he's lasted so long on Saturday Night Live is because he was, for a long time, I feel like the only black cast member that they had. So he was relegated to all the black roles. And, yeah, I told this to Nicole. Just like, yeah, he's been... The reason he's the longest-running actor on Saturday Night Live is because he cannot get a job anywhere else, right? So he knows, I have to stay here. I have to stay here. And he's probably going to listen to this, and I'm going to get, like, the most scorching email. And you know what? I probably deserve it, because, like, I, 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 I wholly admit this. Like, my dislike of Keated is unreasonable, but it's there. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> it is pretty crazy, because uh, I don't think he's that great on Saturday Night Live. I think that he was actually funnier when he was a kid and all that and this stuff. He kind of just feels very one note on Saturday Night Live. Um, he does. Even yeah. on that skit, the, uh, what is it? Like he plays like a pa- black priest or something? Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's just like... I don't watch Saturday Night Live like that anymore. <sighs> You're missing out. Am I? I don't know. I don't watch it like that either. <laughs> <laughs> So Good Burger was directed by Brian Robbins. Brian Robbins, uh, he was part of this. He directed this thing called The Show. Then he went on to direct Varsity Blues. He went on to direct The Perfect Score, The Shaggy Dog, and Rolando's favorite movie, Norbert. Oh, my God. Shut up. Yes. I did Mm -hmm. not know that. I do love Norbert. 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 Norbit, Norbit. Norbit. Yes, that's a guilty pleasure of Rolando's. It's such a guilty pleasure. The costume design, though, is just phenomenal. Yes, I'm sure it is. So You've never movie, seen it? I've never seen it. Oh, you're missing out. That is a true American classic. <laughs> this movie is credited as being written by Kevin Coplo and Heath Seifert, who also wrote all that and produced um, Keenan and Kel. Mm-hmm. They also did other things like Cousins for Life and Austin and Allie. Austin and I Allie, I think, is one of those shows... That came on like after our generation. Uh, it's like uh, around the time Ariana Grande was like rising. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And that was a Disney Channel one. And also by Dan Schneider, who takes a acting role in this. And Dan Schneider was brought up in the iCarly episode. Yes, for his love of feet. For his inappropriate and toxic behavior because he became a pretty prominent figure at Nickelodeon because of his producing and writing efforts that happened with shows like all that. Then he went on to do the Amanda show and, and Keenan and Kel. And then he went on even more after that to do shows like iCarly. And there is a lot of inappropriate behavior accusations against him. Is he the baby daddy of Jamie Lynn Spears' baby? Or is that just completely made up in my head? I think that's completely made up in your head, but I love that. I know, right? What a, that should be, that would make a good movie. That would make a good movie. <laughs> uh, and what did you, which is crazy, because when I rewatched it and like, I just, I remember seeing him. He was in a lot. He must have acted in a lot. He must have even acted in all that because I was like, oh man, this guy just feels <gasps> familiar from my childhood. Was and he? When I put the pieces together that it was him, I was like, oh my God. Was it maybe he was like, you know how like all that usually started with like behind the scenes, like kind of like the station, like the manager trying to get everyone wrangled up was that him oh i think it might have been yeah because he he well he played a role called mr bailey no and then he played a role called angus in um kin and cow but i think that was just for one show Mm. he just like would appear randomly in these shows Mm. so yeah 
it was you know what's funny? Keenan and Kel took place at a burger joint. Or it was, did? It like a, was it a grocery store? I think it, it was a grocery store. Maybe yeah. it was a grocery store. I remember, yeah, because like both Keenan and Kel worked together and stuff, and they had like uh, a white guy who was their boss. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I remember. And they loved uh, uh, orange soda? No, not they. Just Kel. Oh, just Kel. Kel, Kel. loved yeah, orange soda. So what is Good Burger about? I mean, the skit itself was pretty much Kel, who played this character, Ed, who was quite literal. So anything you said to him when you wanted to go and order a burger at this burger place, he would probably misconstrue as something else. He reminds me of the literal doctor in Arrested Development. Where it's oh, like, yeah. He's all right. <laughs> he's all right. But <laughs> he lost like his left hand and stuff. Um, great type of subversive humor where you're just like, oh, I wasn't anticipating that. But like for kids, too. So it's also very like pure. Yeah. They took them, they made a whole freaking movie out of this character. But they, the, the dynamics between Keenan and Kel is very like, it's even more than straight man and, and funny man com- comedic duo. It's more like one of them, Kel, most likely, really acting silly. And then the straight man looking at him going like, the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. Like the humor is more so with Keenan looking at Kel being like, you're an idiot. Which lends to the question, it's just like, how was Keenan the breakout star? I know. It's pretty crazy. I'm sorry. This is this, this is it. That's a you're going to just be getting so much. I just do not like Keenan. <laughs> yeah. Try and try and at least, you know, say look at it objectively, Rolando. No, dear. cannot. <laughs> Even watching the new one, I was just like, God, oh, I, he's famous. Well, let's when we get to that, we'll talk about that, actually, because I do have something to say about Keenan and the new one. But essentially, this is the story of Good Burger. Dexter, played by Keenan, is this, you know, spoiled kid who wrecks his mom's car um, right when summer vacation starts and he mm-hmm. has to get a job to fix it. Mm-hmm. He hits Sinbad's car. So he has to, like, pretty much get like two thousand dollars so he has to get a job he works at good burger and instantly ed wants to be his friend and takes a liking to him and they form this friendship although dexter just does not view him as a serious person or someone he actually wants to be friends with at the same time there's this girl there that he has a crush on uh who i think is monique that he wants to like mac it to but you know monique is fond of ed and holds a special place in ed's heart so Dexter just kind of becomes like friends with Ed begrudgingly until he realizes that he actually really likes him. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Same time, across the street from Good Burger, a store called Mondo Burger is opening up. Yeah, with their like genetically enhanced burgers. <laughs> yes. Which uh, I wanted so badly. They looked so good. I love them. Did they? They looked disgusting to I, me. You know what? Like, give me a big fat burger over. Uh, like a smash burger any day of the week. I don't care what it's injected with. <laughs> well, that's that's a smash burger is actually for, for is my heart. So we're the exact opposite there. We are. I need like a nice big like I guess that's what I grew up. My grandma used to make like the big fat juicy burgers and stuff. Mm, mm, yeah. I mean, if it's a good juicy burger, I'll have it. But I prefer the smash burgers. So anyway, um, immediately Mondo Burger when they open up, they. Their oversized juicy burgers just completely destroys Good Burger. But Dexter, while having this talk with Ed, realizes that Ed has a secret sauce. And then he pretty much convinces Ed to lend it to Good Burger and it resurrects Good Burger's reputation. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a saving grace for everybody involved. Um, but at the same time, because of this, Dexter exploits Ed's gullibility. And so he starts extorting money from him so that he can pay off his debt sooner, right? So then it becomes Mondo Burger trying to steal the recipe, Ed not realizing that Dexter's, you know, extorting from him and lying to him and essentially gaslighting him. And then Dexter wanting to get with Monique, you know, all these things. And I'm a sure we know how it all ends. Teen drama. <laughs> a typical teen drama. So I guess in the 90s in particular, I mean, this is post like big mall culture, but mom and pop shops were dying, mm-hmm. you know, so they decided to make this story about like a simple burger joint that was just getting overshined by a place that had like way too much technological feats to it like it was almost kind of critiquing how ridiculous these burger joints are the simpler the better right all you need is a good sauce to put on a burger yeah so were they critiquing like mcdonald's basically maybe mcdonald's like the overflex of fast food because this was like before fast food kind of started getting like 
gourmet, if you will. Oh, this is way before, yeah, fast food was gourmet. Yeah. So I think it's more so just like, just the overflux of mom and pops being taken over by corporations. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is something that we, that was like the environment we grew up in. I don't really, I remember chains were the big thing growing up. Yeah, I don't, like, they weren't. Uh, growing up, I never went to, like, a specialty burger place, right? Like, I never went to, like, a Bob's Burger. It was always, like, McDonald's or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I grew up also thinking that Outback was, like, fine dining, so, you know. Same. That's where <laughs> I wanted to go for, like, my birthday or hula That's hands or something. So funny. I tell, I tell this to Eddie, and he always looks at me like I have no class whatsoever. I'm just like, yo, Outback <laughs> was, like, the pinnacle of, like, restaurants at one point. <laughs> at one point, yeah, when Outback opened up, like... It, in my area, it was all the rage. Mm-hmm. So it's so crazy. But now it's like, who goes to chains when you, you meet up with people anymore? Like, oh. you really don't. I just, I almost went to Lance. <laughs> it's past when, like, with friends? or Yeah, because, like, it was right there. Oh, uh, well, see, the convenience of it, were you by the movie theater? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why I see. Yep. <laughs> but instead, we went to some new place called Carnegie Diner. Oh, well, look at that. Ooh la la. Yeah. So, it's a really simple movie. Uh, it's It's got, like, guest appearances from movie stars like Abe Vigoda, who plays Otis. He's an elderly good, work, good Burger employer. He's uh, like, Yeah, he's in, like, The Godfather and stuff. He's known for oh, older films. Interesting. I didn't know that. Sinbad. Sinbad. Shaquille O'Neal is in this movie. Yes. I think he was in The Mental Ward, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and he also just played himself, yeah. Uh, Carmen Electra is in this movie. Yes, George Clinton is in this movie. Lori Beth Dimberg is in this movie, and so is Josh Server, who plays Fizz, who makes an appearance in the second film. And so does Lori Beth Dimberg. The yes. the big stars from all that kind of come back. So, the most yeah, I mean, recognizable stars. Danny Tamperelli yeah. also made a guest appearance. Did he in this movie? He did in the new one. Oh, in the new in the new one, yes, yes. This movie is perfectly fine. This movie is harmless. It's enjoyable. It's cute. Like I said, that whole dynamic that Keenan and Kel have is just completely at play. Uh, I mean, what is there to say about this, <laughs> this movie? <laughs> um, I don't know. So for me, it mm-hmm. was just one like when I had to rewatch this, it was more so just like, oh god, like this is like this is the definition of just a kid's movie. Like it's classified as a teen comedy, but it's just like this is this is not for teens. This is for straight up like this is for like tweens and like people, yeah. I mean, however old I was when this movie came out, because and I didn't see it in theaters, right? I only saw mm. it in on VHS and stuff afterwards, and because I wasn't a big good, I wasn't like a fan of the skits Good Burger, so I didn't care. It wasn't my favorite all that skit, but I did want to see it just because it was surprising to me that this was the one that got the movie, to be honest, too. Mm-hmm. Which I one would maybe, you have given the movie? I would have given it to, like, Super Dude or Detective Dan or, no, that might or have Repair just, Man. Maybe Repair Man, but that also was a little bit too ridiculous. The whole, sh- it's all so ridiculous. That's um, true. So this movie did okay when it came out. Um, it was commercially successful, but it wasn't like this huge hit, but it's definitely gained this like cult following. This movie is a stoner movie at the end of the day. You know what? Kel is a stoner in this movie. Well, without being a stoner. Without being a stoner. Child-friendly version of a stoner. But yeah, no, you're a million percent right. I remember, I think we did watch this movie high in college and it was a fun watch. Yeah. And Kel is doing a great impersonation of like a Californian stoner. He is. You know, I don't recognize what his voice is anymore, to be honest with you, especially, like, after rewatching the new one. No, mm. not re-watching, after watching the new one. Like, now I do associate that kind of, like, that, that, that. Yeah. Whoa, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, that yeah. with him. So, I don't know what, I don't know who is Kel. Yeah. You That's know. true. And we haven't had much outside of his all that career to get to know him. All that much. Yeah. So, so it's so funny. I just recently rewatched an episode of Frasier, the one where they have uh, this Broadway, this actor, right? This theater actor who 
they're trying to revive his career because they remember him from when he was they were children and they thought he was like this spectacular actor and it turns out he's not <laughs> right and then they look back at like the footage from when they were kids it's just like oh we were misremembering or we didn't know better right and i was mm. just, sometimes i wonder it's just like hmm if i rewatch this is is keenan actually the better actor than kel rewatching this my answer is still no <laughs> absolutely mm. not. i think kel has the harder job here yeah kel has to carry the movie like granted like the writing isn't the best and like he's a child actor He's still like he's still delivering a a character that is like silly and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's delivering like what can essentially be a one dimensional character, but he's providing him with dimensions. Well, and, I mean that's that's okay. But <laughs> that's, but that's... he is, and both of these characters have arcs. Um, but I think that like I don't know. I think Keenan's is easier to pull off. Yeah, which is like you actually. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for you, but the, I don't think anyone watches the movie and finds Kel annoying. Like they actually find him charming. Uh, well, yeah, like, yes, growing like objectively, like Kel is ch- Kel, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Kel, you would find charming and stuff. I the stick grows old quickly, but I'm also an adult now. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I would agree with that. But it's not like like nails grinding on yeah yeah, on yeah. like a if chalkboard I, or like something if I were like a child like if I, if I could put myself back to being a child and stuff and rewatch the movie i'm sure like it'd be like funny each time and stuff right because like yeah basically the movies both of them it's just like stuff happening to yeah there's an over arc there's an overlying arc but basically it's just going from one set piece to another it's a collection of skits strong uh kind of strung together to be like uh, a narrative yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, was there any reason we had to go to a mental ward? No, but we're here. So let's make the best of it. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's where the song comes out, right? I think so. Uh, that's not the I'm a dude, we're a dude. That's the, that's a, that's the George Clinton song. Yes, uh, George Clinton is in uh, that sequence, it's, yes. Yeah, it's the, uh, she's a freak. Never missing a beat. Yeah, she's a, that's a good song. Oh, look, listen to you. You don't remember it? <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah, it still holds up. It does, yeah. George Clinton, who also makes an appearance in Good Burger 2. And so does Carmen Electra, I believe, right? Carmen Electra does make an appearance in Good Burger. Carmen Electra? I mean, the makeup is working for her because she is looking very, very good. She is. God, she Let's talk about... Cameo in, uh, in Scary Movie. In, oh, in Scary Movie, yeah. I mean, yeah, Scary. <laughs> she, she begins the movie. Great. So, Good Burger 2... According to Wikipedia, talks of a sequel for Good Burger occurred in 2008 through the interest of both Thompson and Mitchell three years after the pair were reunited in a sketch on Jimmy Fallon. Remember 2018. 2018. But they did the skit in 2015. Okay. Remember when Jimmy Fallon just kept doing that for a bit? He also reunited Saved by the Bell. He also reunited... um, Dawson's Creek. Back to the Future. Mm. He did like a bunch of like Footloose. Kevin Bacon came on. Like he was just really big on taking movies and TV shows. Some of uh, some of which you haven't like seen in a long time. Like forgot about. Like Keenan and Cal. Oh. And the response from the audience was just like overwhelmingly positive. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure getting together old cast members to like replay some of their favorite characters. Who knew that that would work? I hate. I hate Jimmy Kimmel too. I don't have like a hate for him, like a deep passionate hate, like I do for Keenan. But I can't stand any of those late night guys. The Me only one I liked either. was Conan, and Conan's done; like he's retired. So. I like Colbert. Colbert's fine, but I liked him better when he was on oh, the Colbert Report. A million percent. A million now he's percent. sold out. Um. So anyway, and I never liked David Letterman either. No, Whatever. Me neither. But you think it's like a generation that that's gonna like. Those are going to end soon, right? Like, there's I no way. fucking hope so. Or at least, like, get some non-white men in there. You know, remember when, like, Arsenio had a show and then that was it? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it was just white men ever since? So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But Jimmy Fallon really tapped into something. And, you know, that's why he became such a success, like, in the early 2000s. And then 2010s, I'm sorry. I think that's when he really, like... Was that his most popular? I don't know if people still watch Jimmy Fallon, but I don't think his 
like videos go as viral as they used to or whatever. Oh wait, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Uh, no, I don't know. If, I mean, there. I mean, someone must still be watching, right? Because he's still making episodes. <laughs> someone, like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I hate. But so Jimmy it's crazy. Kimmel, but Jimmy Fallon, I don't mind him as. I don't mind. I mind him. You mind him less. I mind. Yeah, like he doesn't bother me as much. So. The skit happened in 2015. Three years later, they were like, yeah, we're going to do a good Burgos sequel. And it took that many more years for it to happen. It just makes me feel like, like, I don't know Keen how Keen. many different like uh, producers or, you know, uh, uh, um, executive producers did it go through before they actually got the funding. Have, Who knows? I don't know. I feel like it probably was Keenan dragging his legs on this a little you think so? Yeah, because like I know Cal was very gung ho on this, right? But Cal, Cal also needed the, the money, as far as I know, right? Like, like the guy's career was just like at a standstill and stuff, and it's, uh, like Keenan wasn't like Keenan was working on Saturday Night Live. Like Keenan now has like commercials for, I don't Vonage or something. I don't Vonage. I don't think it exists anymore. But it's like so he's yeah. on commercials. I see him regularly, and I'm always wondering. It's just like ugh, fucking Keenan Thompson. Okay, you need to stop. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, 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 it is such a, I don't know yeah, where it comes from. I, I do not just... know. Maybe I think it is. I just feel like it's so unfair that he became famous and not Cal. Like truly, for some reason, I take it so personally. It, like, it's yes, like, you do. It's, it's like the evil person won. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's what it is. You feel it in your soul. I'm going to make, you know what? This is a documentary I should like pursue being like, how? How did this happen? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> like it, like it's a murder or something. That'd be great. So pretty much the story of Good Burger 2 is that Dexter um, many, many years has quit Good Burger because he wants to become an entrepreneur. Right. And his attempts at becoming successful in the business world have failed. Like, at the beginning of the film, he invented a spray that makes material flame retardant. He mm -hmm. demonstrates it on his house. And then, of course, it is a failure and his house goes down in flames. Yeah. And Mark Cuban was none too pleased. Yeah. Mark Cuban. Immediately, Which, I'm like, my God, they're getting the names for this movie. They they really they did get some names for this movie. Yeah. Which I, I feel like they kind of overly depend on to make sure people. it's kind of like when you go to concerts and like guests come out and like cameos yeah, like someone but, will come out and sing like people that's almost too much of a selling point nowadays wait a minute but hang on okay let's backtrack there because i'm already watching the movie right i didn't know that some of these cameos were going to be there so oh because, there he's in that, the trailer oh i never saw the trailer oh yeah no mark, they're like mark cuban or all the cameos i think that not all the cameos but i, I remember seeing mark cuban in the did trailer. you see carmen electra no, I didn't. But is yeah. she as big as the star as she used to be? I mean, but like for the people who would be watching this movie, probably. I can't remember if I saw Carmen Electra or not. Yeah. So the reason I ask is just, well, no, because back to the point of like what you said, it's just like, oh, when like they have a concert and they have all these like guest stars or, or like surprise appearances, but they're surprises, right? Like I'm already like if I'm, if I'm, I'm here to watch, let's say Hootie and the Blowfish and then all of a sudden uh, that guy dave matthews shows up right uh -huh. and like it's like an unannounced day. well i already paid to see who need the blue blowfish it's not really it's a surprise sure but like it's not i didn't pay extra for it i didn't come to see dave matthews i came to see who need the blowfish i don't know why i, I picked these bands but <laughs> like, it's just the first that came to mind i don't go yes. to concerts obviously so. <laughs> <laughs> i understand what you're saying but i feel like people f almost feel like, it's a stronger selling point. Like, for instance, there's this new show on Broadway called Gutenberg with Andrew Reynolds and Josh Gad. And every single day, they have a guest star who, like, plays the producer who buys their show. Because it's, like, about these two guys wanting to sell a show. Mm. And part of the gimmick is that you go and who knows who's going to be the producer at your show. You might get Jake Gyllenhaal. You might get Will Ferrell. You might get Kristen Chenoweth. You might get some Broadway person. Have these know. been people who have actually showed up? They've yeah, they're on. You can see it on their Instagram. Wow, maybe I will. I I probably watch the show just to see which. Celebrity. Yeah, you see. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's something about that. Like I'm noticing a lot. Like way more cameos than it needs, or 
or yeah, just everything like guest appearances. It's it's very big in our culture right now. I also don't know, like were these really big cameos? Like when they did that montage of the people singing, the celebrities, singing, <laughs> which was oh like making God. fun of that Gal Gadot video. Uh, I thought that th- I thought they just bought people from Cameo or something. Like none of those were like that famous. Danny Tamborelli. Well, they they also did people who were like they knew would be down, mostly comedians and stuff, and like probably some of Keenan Thompson's SNL alum. Yeah, Andy Samberg was there. Uh, Maya Rudolph was there. Maya Rudolph, yeah. So uh, he was cashing in favors. But it was also crazy where I was like, wow, this is so clearly done on Zoom. Like, I could have edited this. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching this. I'm like, this is a big fucking movie. And I know exactly how they put this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of that. The story is, is that after he is completely broke and bankrupt from his business attempts, he needs to have somebody to kind of take him in and to help him get his feedback off the ground. But his sister wants nothing to do with him, so he goes all the way back to Ed. And he kind of like sees a yo-yo from his burnt down house is one of the few things that remains, and he remembers Ed. Mm -hmm. So he goes, he sees all these employees, including his niece, who went there because now, you know, her her mother invested in her brother Mm -hmm. and her, I'm sorry, in her uncle. And they're also like, man, you suck, Dexter. Yeah. Everyone in this movie hates Keenan, just like Rolando. Except for Ed. (laughs) Um, And Ed actually owns Good Burger. He still works there and he owns it. It was passed on down to him from the owner because he's been such a loyal employee. Right. Because that's how it happens. That is how it happens. Um, Yeah. And pretty much there's this lawyer who wants to come and buy Good Burger off of Ed and turn into a franchise. And because Dexter needs some money, he convinces Ed to do so. But little did they know that they actually sold the rights to Good Burger Everyone gets fired and they change and rebrand it into Mega Good Burger because, spoiler alert, uh, the woman who bought it out is owned. It was the sister of Mondo Burger people. Which begs the question why not just name it Mondo Good Burger? So that way we know. I know, know, right? It was just, I don't, why do we need to name it Mega? Yeah, seriously. That was just, uh, just one day that kind of. I was just like, opportunity missed. And they also are, they fired everyone because they don't need people because everything is going to be completely automated. And they made an artificial intelligence replica of Ed, who is synonymous with Good Burger. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, they saved the day. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Carmen Electra makes an appearance as their nanny because Ed is married now and he has like seven kids, ketchup. Onions, mustard, mustard, mayonnaise. Attack is their dog. <laughs> Attack is their yeah. Everything's just so literal. It's almost felt very uh, Abbott and Costello ish. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's very classic comedy tropes um, that are being used here. So, like, do you guys serve veggie burgers? And he's like, yeah. And then he takes out a tennis racket and he serves it to her like mm-hmm. in tennis. It's just so stupid, but it's also like. And then pickleball soon after. Yeah, and then pickleball, yeah. Just, it's just also like, pickleball. oh. <laughs> uh, I, the reason why we're talking about all those guest appearances is because they're trying to think of some way they can get a good burger back from a megacorp, and they're like, maybe we can do one of those songs where a bunch of celebrities sing and people donate to them. And that's when it becomes like this whole We Are the World type parody where Maya Rudolph, and they got freaking, what's what's Jack, no, John Legend's wife's name? Oh, Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen, yeah. Chrissy Teigen's there. Zoe Zaldana's there. Zoe Saldana Nicole there. Richie was there. Uh, wait, you know what the reference was Bowen about, though, right? Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang. That's another SNL alum. Uh, other than We Are the World? No. Oh, so you don't know. Okay, so during the pandemic, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know how we're all at home and whatnot and, like, kind of just, like, hating life? Gal Gadot and, like, these celebrities decided to do, like, this video trying to sing. They sang uh, John Lennon's song, uh, Imagine. Okay. And so, this is the thing. They, they kind of like all filmed themselves and they had someone edit it and they released it thinking that this is going to change the world. And they got so much backlash because of these fucking people in their fucking mansions singing Imagine. It's just like, imagine what? You guys are living in luxury. We're fucking here struggling to make ends meet during the uh, pandemic. Seriously, yeah. So that Man, is what this video sucks. was referencing, literally, because this is more or less how it looked. Got it. Okay. Uh,. So the original movie had a love story. You know, Keenan was trying to 
smack it to Monique and then they actually ended up at the end. Thank God they don't have any of that here. And here he's actually just trying to build his relationship with, with his, his niece. niece. And Charlotte, which is her name, is also the eye of the manager's Apple of the manager's eye. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Yes. The manager who is like an 18-year-old boy. Right. <laughs> and that's where we find out that uh, Kel, sorry, Ed owns a restaurant because he immediately hires Keenan and goes, hey, whatever Ed says goes because Ed owns the place. Mm-hmm. So. Lori Beth Dinberg makes an appearance. Yes, she does. As a Karen. Does she, so, all right. Is that makeup that she was in or is that... Well, she's much older now. I think that's how she looks now. Wow. No, how much older? She wasn't that much older than us, was she? Lori Beth Dimberg is 47 years old. Shut up. Shut up. No (laughs) fucking way. I thought Lori Beth Dimberg was maybe like five years older than us. Josh Server is 44. Let's see how old Kel Mitchell is. Kel Mitchell is 45. Like, these people are in their 40s now. Yeah, he looks like he had a hard 45, though. Keenan is 45. I actually think Kel looks great. No. So the thing is, with Ke- so Keenan looks really good, right? But he's also had Saturday Night Live money to, like, you know, kind of, like, help fill you Botox. You eat well. Uh, poor Kel hasn't been working. I don't know what he's been doing. Living like a normal American, I assume. <laughs> he does not look like that of a 45-year-old celebrity. As he neither does Neither does Lori Beth Denberg. Uh, neither does Josh, right? Because out of all of them, somehow, some way, it was Keenan who became famous. Even Amanda, okay. even Amanda Bynes couldn't make it. I think this is like the fifth time you've said this, by the way. It's an injustice. I was going to say that I was actually pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to say he did anything amazing by any means, but there was a maturity to Keenan's performance that... I would hope would happen when a 45 year old man kind of revisits a role and stuff. In the first movie, he's just so extra and he's so over the top, but not in like a campy fun way. He's mm. just like a kid actor. Who's not very good at acting yet. Okay. Where I thought like Kel was a better actor at that age. Sure. I think Kel is very much delivering the same. Oh energy yeah. No. That he did before, but there, but in terms of Keenan, who was very, in my opinion, kind of poor and just some teenage actor before actually, when he's playing himself, uh-huh. <laughs> he's been doing it for so freaking long that he's actually really shown some growth and maturity in that. Um, I mean, I guess he seems sense- like less of a dickhead in this movie as he did in the first one. Oh, see, that's so funny. I, I've never, even in the first movie, I didn't think he was necessarily a dickhead. Annoying, sure, but I didn't think he was like a dickhead. Oh, I that, thought that, he was that never dickhead. like rubbed me the wrong way but like i get fine he had a sentimental moment where he but was he was least... exploiting ed he was like a he was a little spoiled piece of shit you yeah know? that's true that's true but maybe i didn't necessarily i didn't pick that up as like yeah i guess you're right uh but here he had like his tender moments with his niece and stuff but yeah and here he didn't even mean to do what he did to to ed it just sort of happened mm-hmm and then, like, when they crashed the Luna Fox performance and Nicole Byers' performance, you know, he took the moment to bring his niece over. And, like, it could have, it just, it all could have been really extra, but he actually kind of sold that. Where he's like, I, I'm just going to ignore everything you're saying because I want my niece to have this moment. Mm-hmm. And then, like, cut to her showing everybody and, like, she was actually happy about that moment. Like, that kind of worked for me. Yeah. It was stupid and it was silly, but, like, when they when they do it well and convincingly, it works, you know? I guess, That's more the script, though. That's not him. His performance, well, I guess. The actors have to do it convincingly and well. I suppose. Give Keenan something. I look. <laughs> I didn't turn off the movie, right? So <laughs> I think that's fair. Now, did you think that this was any one of an improvement on the first film? Like, obviously, I guess because it was such a cult movie that they were like, "Hey, let's do it." We had such a round of applause when we reunited eight years ago on Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. Maybe if I had watched this movie high, maybe. Although, I did like Ed Jr., the son. Yeah, he was very good. For yeah. some reason, yeah. I was just like, you know what? Maybe we should have made him the main character and then have the original cast be, like, kind of proliferary, right? I think I think his name is just Ed 2. I don't even think he's Oh, you're Ed right. Jr. I think it is just Ed 2. I think yeah, yeah. That was a joke, right? Ed 2, but, like, the number 2. Like, oh, not 2. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was good. You know, this movie did not come out to much fanfare, did it? Um, they were pushing it a lot. 
Yeah. I remember seeing a lot of promos. They even got like a big thing at a Comic-Con. There was like a huge line for people trying to take pictures with uh, at like the set of Good Burger. Oh, okay. All right. Right. So like, it's not like it didn't get any marketing. Um, I just, I think maybe for general audiences, the question is just like, why? <laughs> so I think you know, this movie took too long to be completely honest. The fact that like it came and it was birthed out of the reception that it got when Jimmy Fallon was doing those things. And also I think Saved by the Bell kind of happened because of the fact that they got such a huge, you know, reaction on Jimmy Fallon as well. Yes. Agreed. I, I think you need to kind of take advantage of that momentum. And because it took so long, it took eight years. I feel like at this point, all of that has kind of died out. And like the culture is different now. And like, I think the 2010s was huge on nineties nostalgia, but we're in the early 2020s. And I think a lot of those dynamics have shifted. So what do you think we're going to be nostalgic for? I think we're going to be nostalgic for early 2000s. I thought it was every 30 years that things move in cyclicals. Well, so the 2010s were obsessed with the 90s. So that was 20 years before it. Was the 2010s obsessed with the 90s? I feel like it. I feel like millennials, too, were the things that the millennials grew up on and, and the remakes, the reboots, mm. and the revivals that happened were very much based on 90s culture. I suppose it's true. Although, fashion-wise, it looks like we're moving into the 70s. Yeah. Not, but you can even see some 80s, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but you see, like, everything truly yeah. nowadays. So, who knows? Well, I think now is a big shift, too, because the superhero movies are beginning their kind of fatigue in our culture, right? People you know aren't as excited about them anymore. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to, like... I thought I would miss it, but I'm kind of over it already. Yeah, a lot of people are over it. And so now that's that's huge because the 2010s were all about that. Right. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I am excited to see what this year in film brings because a lot of the studios couldn't film. The only ones Ooh. that were allowed to film were smaller studios that were going to approve whatever SAG agreed to. Right, they, 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 which is a blanket. Like we will agree to whatever terms you guys agree with. Right, we're gonna yeah. honor it. And so they were allowed to film, and a lot of those were like A twenty four, Neon, these small studios that are now making non franchisee movies and stuff. So it's gonna be an exciting yeah. year for film. It is. Well, if you even look at the box office that happened this past year of twenty twenty three, because we're close to the end of it. Um, you're going to see a lot of actually not what you would suspect. So the number one movie of the year was Barbie, right? Okay. Which it's not a sequel. It's not a remake. It's its own unique film. Well, granted, it's from a piece of property that we all grew up on and are familiar with. It's its own film, right? Sure. Two, the Super Mario Brothers. Okay, technically this is a reboot. Uh, yeah, it is a reboot. Three, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's, That's a sequel. And it's a superhero movie. Four, Guardians of the Galaxy, superhero movie sequel. But five is Oppenheimer. Wow. Oppenheimer yeah. made it to number five? Made it to number five. Okay. Now, number six is Little Mermaid. Okay, that's a franchise. Number seven is Avatar. The last air... No, what? The Way of the way of Water. Oh. Avatar, the movie, yeah. I... It did that well last year that it, it bled into the top ten of this year. Uh, number eight... Ant-Man and the Wasp, number nine, John Wick, and number 10, <laughs> Sound of Freedom. Which one's Sound of Freedom? The film about human trafficking. Oh, that fucking movie? Jesus. But that did so well at the box office, mainly due to word of mouth and stuff. Like, that movie, the distributor for that is Angel Studios. Who? Like, crazy, right? Whereas right underneath it are, like, Mission Impossible, Fast X, Transformers, Elemental, like movies that the studios were really banking on doing better. Also, right about to beat Sound of Freedom, that was Taylor Swift, The Era's Tour. I'm surprised you know, it wasn't higher. Yeah. Where are the Marvels? That movie was a complete bomb. You know, oh, like. Hang on, time out. The Marvels made just as much movie. It's made more movies than, like, uh, the. Way more movies? It's made way more money than uh, that new. Uh, Scorsese film and 
who's that other there's another big film that people are hailing as like a success and stuff but it's just like whoa 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 like but from the sheer numbers this movie is toppling it uh like just raw numbers i feel like the hostility that's been going around the marvels has been so manufactured right like that it's just like we don't we had to put things into perspective here who what there was another movie where budgets were almost identical and it made more move more money than it but this one was a failure because it's a marvel movie so i i think that i mean i don't i think a lot of people have been really unfair to it in a way that has to probably do with the fact that it's about women and all this stuff but fact wise this movie had a production budget of 20 280 million dollars and only grossed 200 million that is the lowest grossing film in the mcu and that is absolutely a bomb Mm-hmm. Now, maybe Killers it grossed more money than Killers of the Flower Moon, but Killers of the Flower Moon didn't have a two hundred eighty million dollar budget. Killers of the Flower Moon budget. It had a two hundred million dollar budget, and it grossed one hundred and fifty five million, which is a flop. But you ask cinephiles, it's just like, what a great, what a success! It's just like, whoa. Is it? Yeah, because it's, but they also weren't anticipating the numbers that they were anticipating a superhero movie of Marvel to do. I mean, again, just, these just, are the movies that are considered number one box office wise of the year. I, yes, I get that. I'm just saying it's just like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like the discourse is just like the Marvels. Sure, like it flopped, but like it wasn't like it's flopped makes waves because it was a, a Marvel movie that flopped this hard. But it's just like, but still comparatively, like. The difference in budget between Killers of the Flower Moon and the Marvels is not that significant. Is not that different, and it still outgrows Killers of the Flower Moon. So again, the discourse in our industry for this, I think, has been much more hostile because it is about women and stuff. Maybe, but also these are two completely different films. The Marvels is a blockbuster. The Marvels is a movie that is meant for like your whole family to go. A two hundred million dollars. Killers of the Flower does Moon not is constituted to adult be adult film. But hang on. $200 million, $200 million is not constituted to be a blockbuster? You're telling me a studio just invests $200 million not expecting a return on investment here? Well, when it's, a, I guess, more of like a quote-unquote respected director, it's a little different. I don't know because, like, that ain't a game that Hollywood usually plays. It's just, like, they need an ROI. No, they put their money in filmmakers that they believe in. They put their money in Oppenheimer and for because of Christopher Nolan, but in that case, it paid off, right? That movie had... a really small budget of a hundred million <laughs> we're saying that's a small budget but that grossed 900 million dollars yeah but so but that's an easier thing to recoup well yeah i mean 200 million dollars is still an a lot of money i feel like killers of the flower moon and the marvels are very different films that are meant for very different audiences and you would have to find more of an equal to the marvels in order to make your point even though i know what you're saying but you're comparing it to a film that's just not in the same genre okay hang on there all right so according to IndieWire right now only one movie in 2023 with a budget of over 200 million has made a profit and that was oh napoleon napoleon was the other one that had a huge budget there you go that's a good one that's a good one and uh it's it's a flop but yeah ass cinephiles and shit is just like they're fucking jerking off to this fucking film uh, I'm not. Oh, I, mean, I have yeah. not even seen it. In our table, we had dinner with a, a group of high-minded film people this past week, and no one cared for Op- uh, Oppenheimer or Napoleon. Um, yeah, all, all of this. <laughs> and just, Killers of the Flower Moon. I didn't care. Killers, for it I haven't seen it. I don't, and I have no desire. I have, to see pro- this film. I have problems. I have problems with the film, but I don't know. It's still worth seeing in order to have your own opinion on it, if that makes sense. We're getting really far off from Good Burger 2. I think the point is, is that the culture is changing and the culture changes at a rapid rate. (laughs) And they took too long to make this movie. And I just think that because they took too long to make this movie, I'm not sure anybody cares. And, you know, like we're kind of talking about this movie, but we're more so going down nostalgia lane. When we're actually talking about the movies, we're like, yeah, it was fine. Because, you know, like we kind of don't care. <laughs> and I'm so sorry to anyone who's listening to who's a massive Nickelodeon or all that or Good Burger fan, but it's more so like, why am I talking about this? And what is it 
adding to the cult like where does this stand in the year of movies like i'm gonna forget that this movie even existed by next year sure i'm gonna forget this movie existed by the end of the year uh i do think that this movie is i don't know i don't disagree with you i don't i don't it's like who like why right but i don't know you guys had a lot of movies just like why why do we spend any money making this movie yeah you know, yeah. so it's not like it's not fair that we're putting this all on poor Keenan and Cal. At least, hey, no, Cal I, I'm got putting work. it more so against their uh, funders and the people at Paramount Plus and stuff. Because also, Paramount Plus, what a year they've had! They've put a lot of money into things that they really bet hard on that completely flopped. I mean, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies was earlier this year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think that was. Or was that year. last year? No, 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 I think it was this year. I think. And I Fatal remember. Attraction as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really trying like Frasier, which you ended up liking once you I, stick, stuck with it. But I st- so, but they also did the smart thing. They're st- they're also airing it on network TV. Mm, there you go. Which is a smart decision because it needs uh, audience. Uh, in terms of like, I think it'll find its audience on network TV, not just streaming. Mm, right. And yes, I think that's ultimately absolutely. like I mean, this is what we're like kind of in the middle of like kind of witnessing right now. It's just like we're talking we're complaining about like how much we're putting budgets into these films, but you know, ultimately this is the collapse of the streaming market that we're about to see that we're like kind of getting ready to anticipate for the next couple of years and stuff, especially after the strike. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year and stuff. I don't so to your point, it's just like yeah, I, I don't know if if this film would have been more watched eight years ago after the success of like their re- reunion on, on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, but I don't know if, cause I guess because just like we as a society always confuse, we conflate these things, right? Like just because a moment goes viral does not mean that it's going to be a success. Right? Yeah. So even eight years ago, even if this moment went viral, that's not going to necessarily mean that all this audience is going to tune into a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like, I actually just had a conversation with a buddy about this, right? Because are you aware of the movie, the quote unquote movie, Kazam? With You mean Shazam? Sh- no, Kazam with uh, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. No, with Shaquille O'Neal. What? It's I know not a the real movie, movie. Kazam it's, with Sinbad. Yeah, Kazam with Sinbad is a real film. Mm-hmm. Right? But then a lot of people believe that this movie Kazam happened that was made with Shaquille O'Neal, right? Like they are certain that this movie happened. It's called part of the Mandela effect, right? Yes. Have you heard Mandela of this? Effect. Yes, of okay. course. Yes. So uh, friends, a couple of friends of mine have been saying it's just like, oh, I don't know why Hollywood just doesn't make this movie now. Oh, is it supposed to be with Sinbad? Maybe it's supposed to be with Sinbad. Whatever that fake movie is, the one that's not real, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. I think it's with Sinbad. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. It's Kazam with Sinbad. Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal is a real movie. Yes. Okay. Okay. Go. Okay. Okay. See, I don't. But I don't give a fuck about this. So anyway, the point what I'm trying to say though is just like, uh, okay. Why won't why wouldn't Hollywood just like try to invest a few like the budget for Good Burger was thirty million dollars, right? Invest thirty million dollars, you might get an ROI. But my argument was it's just like, well, that seems like a silly investment because thirty million dollars to make this movie that's kind of based off of this idea that we all had that this movie already exists, uh, to get an audience of what? Like what's the audience that we're gonna reach? Like, yeah, everyone knows about that Mandela effect. That does not mean that everybody's gonna wanna watch this movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. That's my long-winded way of saying it. With Good Burger, it's just like, again, it had a moment of virality, but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to tune in to watch a film because watching a three-minute sketch on Jimmy Fallon is different from me having to sit down and watch a movie where, yeah, my main complaint with this film was that I had to uh, endure an hour and a half of... Kel doing that surfer boy impression and just imagining the pain <laughs> his throat was in. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he has to do a lot of vocal warm-ups and things to take care of his throat. You know, when I sat down and watched this movie and I saw it was 90 minutes, I said, oh, thank God. Because if it was anything over that, I would I would have called it quits. Mm. Right? Yeah. Which is like, that's kind of like the perfect amount that, okay, you have me at that. So, but, you yeah, know, I agree with everything that um, you said. 
It so. was so long winded, and I'm sure audience was just like, "Where is he going with this comedy?" <laughs> <laughs> but I got there, and that's what matters. It just is like, what matters. I got to the end of that episode of that of that movie, and uh, yeah, here we and, are. And here you are, and here you are, listener, at the end of this episode. Because I think that's all we have to say about this topic before we get even more sidetracked and derailed. So, as always, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this property? Were you a fan? Were you not? Let us know your thoughts. Email us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media. Find us on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals. At Twitter, at remakespodcast. Search for us on Facebook and YouTube by searching remakesrebootsrevivals. And you can also go to your listening platform where you listen to your podcast, find us, and give us a rating. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review because things like that really do help us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we will see you in two weeks when we will most likely either be doing our year summary award show or The Color Purple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll yeah. find out. Thanks, Rolando. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out based off of uh, whatever whatever we can get to see. Yes. Good point. And I will not be in the area the last week, too. So that also has something to do with that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wait, yes, I did know that. You did know that. Yeah. yeah. I just forgot. Or it doesn't write you know. Yeah. As most things I say. Well, until next time. Stay unoriginal. unoriginal.